Hi, I'm Stephen Crafty. I'm here at RMIT University in Melbourne and I'm presenting Talking Design. Before I introduce my next guest, I'd just like to say a big thank you to the Institute for um, Friday night's award for Talking Design in the Bates Smart category. I was, I was absolutely delighted and it's my first award in 25 years. <laughs> and the best thing amazing. is that my mother actually thinks I do something now. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So welcome to the show. Nicole. Thank you. Um, I haven't known you for a long time, but a short time, but I've always been very... a great time. (laughs) But I've always been very impressed with uh, your approach to life generally and your sense of style. Um, Thank you. Nicole's, welcome to the show. Thank you. Nicole, you've been very fortunate in one way. Just for people who don't know you, you started at the um, Alarm Fine Arts School Elan. at Elan yep. at Auckland University studying photography. Yes. And you're still working in photography yes. 15 years later. Yes. Uh, but I did take a big break, though. I think, you know, like a lot of uh, artists, when they come out of university or they're sort of, you know, practicing art and then all of a sudden they have to make it commercial or mm. they start to have to, you know, pay some bills or, mm. you know, make a living, um, everything kind of changes. And I think in a lot of art schools, unfortunately, and maybe it's changed now, but um, they don't give you a lot of skills to run a business. So, What was the attraction to photography to start with photographers in the family or just no no photography I think I think you know when you you know you sort of go through school and you're doing bits and bobs and I think you just kind of you know gravitate towards a certain area I guess and then the beauty of going to an art school is that you get to start off doing everything you're painting pictures and you're you know designing things and taking photos and in dark rooms and you get to try it all out building sculptures etc and then you sort of specialize um you know for three years after that so i think photography was something that i probably just loved the most you know and was something i was probably the best at as well out of all the different disciplines nicole um anyone great photographer who's inspired you Oh, no, it's no, changed it, so much, I guess. You mean back then or now? Well, or? now, I mean, generally, like Robert May, people like Robert May. Yeah. Well, I mean, who was... Yeah, you know, there were, were your heroes? and all those yeah, portrait photographers, I think, back at, at school were definitely, you know, pretty exciting photographers. And a lot of the sort of early... Um, documentary photographers I think you know the street photographers I think were really fantastic um, now it tends to be um, because you know now I'm photographing architecture and interiors um, probably my most um, uh, well the person I look to the most is a woman called Helen Binet who's um, an amazing architectural photographer she's French uh, French slash uh, Swiss I think um, and yeah amazing amazing photographer so I look to her a, a lot um, what what's what is it about her work that just hits that nerve um, I think because she she doesn't photograph architecture um, like everybody else I guess and probably a lot of her clients I mean they're big architects um, that she, she who are the people for um, you know the Zahas and and you know those sort of you know uh, ones that are doing some big projects around the world mm-hmm. but um she um, she will go to the project and she tends to focus on details rather than the whole building. She works a lot with black and white. Um, she uses a lot of light and shadow. Um, everything tends to be very sort of, um, um, I don't know, everything has a lot of atmosphere and soul and sort of dreamlike qualities, I guess. Um, and she still uses film as well. Mm-hmm. She hasn't touched digital, so she still uses big, large format cameras, which is great. So, Nicole, after um, the Fine Arts School, 
you went into fashion and advertising, mm. and that would have, I would have thought would have suited you, given you a love of fashion. Yes. In New Zealand at the time. Totally. Well, I think, you know, I think all young, you know, photographers or anyone, you know, in their 20s are excited about fashion and, and all those sorts of things, you know. I think it's just a natural thing to go into. But no. I don't know, you know, dealing, I think the fashion industry is so difficult. In what <laughs> um, way? I don't know, you know, whether it's the people or um, the maybe it just wasn't my thing you know you know sometimes maybe you just have to try things to work out what suits you as an artist as well I think um, so you know 10 years later or 15 or however long it's been <laughs> um, mm. you know starting photographing architecture um, was kind of you know it's almost like a, a sigh of relief in a way it was like oh, this is it you know before your uh, before you started with um, specialising in architecture and interiors, probably in about 2008, 2009, you worked with it, with it uh, in a business role yes. in a very interesting magazine called Pol Oxygen. Yeah, I did. Which was a beautiful design yeah, magazine. You must have had mixed feelings about its demise. Um, yeah, of course, definitely. It was a beautiful magazine and, um, you know, it uh, had, you know, really interesting stories um, and designed beautifully, um, had a great following, um, had a lot of respect. Um, and it was a magazine that kind of, I guess, yeah, it did it push a lot of boundaries as far as publishing, mm-hmm. especially here in Australia as well, you know, mm-hmm. the quality of it. So, but, you know, I think that I went into this kind of business side of of. Um, thinking and at the time I sort of was sort of not really um, I definitely wasn't pushed into it but you know I decided to go that way just to I don't know learn skills or um, you know work in a different kind of industry and so um, I guess in a in a selfish way maybe (laughs) you know it's like okay time to do something else you know. So when did you decide when did the architectural interiors photography kind of really settle in? That was Pretty yeah. straight out, straight after Pole Oxygen, I guess. Um, you know, sort of. Uh, I don't know. I guess you know. You have those light bulb moments that um, <laughs> that had you, you kind of s- go ah. Had you seen anyone's work that kind of suggested? I'd been working within the industry for a long time. I guess you yeah. know, working with Pole Oxygen. I, I was there for maybe three or four years, mm. um, and so I had you know, I was working with some really interesting people and some interesting clients and some mm. interesting designers and. Um, and also, um, and I guess, yeah, it was just that sort of feeling of going, you know, I can, I think it's time to go back to photography, you know, and work mm. within this industry that I know. I mean, my brother's an architect, mum's an interior designer, so I was sort of brought up in the industry, but um, it took me a while to kind of settle on it as well, you know. Um, going for anyone going freelance after a regular gig, mm. I think must be the, one of the most terrifying times in one's life. Yeah. Or you didn't see it that way. No. <sighs> I know. It's weird because I'm not I'm not a big risk-taking person, you know. Um, but I remember, I remember thinking it through <laughs> and going, okay, I can do this, you know. Um, I, can, I can start and um, see where it takes me, you know. And, um, and what was your first job? Can you remember? Oh, gosh. Such a good question. Was it just a blur? It probably it probably was a blur at the time. Um, you know, it might have been even working for some of the suppliers to the industry, some of the furniture people, or um, um, uh, yeah, I, ca- I cannot remember. So, Nicole, who are you photographing for now? Who, 
it's mm. it varies. Mm. It totally varies. Some of the um, big architectural firms, some of the you know some of the commercial ones, some of the small little decorators, uh, still um, some mm. of the suppliers as well. Um, and the magazines too, you yeah. know. Um, although magazines don't tend to commission a lot of um, photography anymore, yeah. they tend to sort of, you know, buy the stories once they're already photographed. Mm -hmm. um, so it's good, you know, it keeps things interesting when, um, you know, big projects right through. When you're working with an architect, it must be very, very difficult because he or she would see his or her project in a very specific way yes. and then you come along and you interpret it in a different way I mean that's you have a different eye to the architect yeah. how problematic is that when you're working with so closely with an architect because I think it would be difficult as a writer I just mm -hmm. do what I like and it's yeah. my take they don't get to see the copy <laughs> but when you're working with an architect yeah and he's been working on a project for two three years or even longer you come along and present to him the image you have and then he or she may th mm. see things differently does that often happen or is it yeah. usually um, sometimes it happens but I guess I think um, when I start a project with an architect or an interior designer, I like to kind of know what their thinking was behind this project. So I think it's really important to work with them mm -hmm. um, as a photographer rather than just completely go in blind and just shoot it how I think it should be shot and mm -hmm. just go in creating pretty pictures. I think it's really important to know what, what's behind this, the, the project, what where they started, you know, their thought process or their dream of how mm -hmm. it was going to be. Because I think if I can try and bring a little bit of that into the final photography, then um, of course I'm shooting it in my style. Um, but I think I still have to be, um, I think, yeah, I still have to remember where it's coming from, you know. And Nicole, how would you, how would you, I mean, photography is, is such a complex area. How would you see your style or the way you approach your work? Like if I looked at one of your photographs, photos or mm. someone else's what's something that you would like mm. someone to actually pick up on um i liked i like really clean images and i like um quite sort of sculptural images um uh, you know creating shapes and um uh, sort of contrast and um i like things to be quite tidy <laughs> um mm. and i don't like to show too much so um i like to sort of focus on a certain area and and you know frame it beautifully composition wise um, always following the light around a space so that the light is always really sort of beautiful and um, you know subtle I guess mm -hmm. um, yeah do you think um, too many architects want want to uh, eliminate the sense of people in in their shots the sense of anyone having been in the space yes i know um i used to be like that too and um i used to love that I clearing used to, everything yes, out get rid of those people <laughs> <laughs> they're such annoying <laughs> so annoying ruining the space yeah. definitely um and i think it it works in in some spaces you know to sort of you know some architecture sort of demands the um, the the I don't know the, the the size of it and you know the energy of it without people but I think that is changing definitely and and I'm changing in my photography mm. I'm actually really enjoying having people in my photos it like you say it can be very annoying trying to direct them somehow and you never really mm. want to overly direct them because then obviously um, it's going to not look real so the I th the best I guess projects that um, I photograph now are 
spaces that have already been occupied and people are moving, you know, they're in the space, they're using the space, they're walking through the space. And I think, I don't know, for me, it, it's a nice sort of energy. It gives scale as well. Um, I think that's really important, the scale, because yeah. when you look at a room or a space and there isn't a person, you can't judge often mm. how, how high the ceilings are, yeah. how generous or mean the volume yep. is. Yep, exactly. So, you know, having a space that's occupied by good-looking people <laughs> that, you know, move nicely throughout the spaces, um, you know, that's like a dream job, really. I think what happens, and maybe correct me, is that it probably goes in waves in the industry, that magazines in particular yeah. will have no people in, in their shot, and then all of a sudden you have a, a series of um, magazines that go the other way, and mm. it becomes too much, mm. and then people go, Oh no, we have to pull back again. Is it yeah. is it a bit like fashion that it's? I think so. Where are we at the moment? People or not people? Yeah, no, we're definitely people. <laughs> we're definitely people, and we're definitely layers. You know, layers of, of personality within a space. I think that's really important. I think people want to look at the space, but they want to sort of get into it, and they want to see, you know, what um, they want to see. Maybe a little bit of imperfection Personal. and personality. Well, I was yeah. going to say imperfection is probably something I'm really interested mm. in. And I think in design, you know, if something's too shiny and new, it almost looks unreal. Yeah, definitely. I think it's that fine balance, though, isn't it? You know, um, I remember going into photograph an advertising agency, and it was a you know great um, agency, a great designer, won lots of awards and published everywhere, and so on. And and where was this, Nicole? This was in Sydney, yeah. um, and um, it was already occupied, so groovy people doing their thing in their space, and they were using all the different design elements and. They had stuff everywhere and drawings everywhere, which was great. And, it, you know, it really helped with the actual feeling of the photography. But there's that fine line between mess and mess, <laughs> you know. Yes. Sort of... And I suppose it's also being very um, diplomatic and saying, look, can we just remove this? That and, part of the and that might be their favourite thing. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So you kind of want it to be natural, but, um, you know, you don't want rubbish bins mm. in the space. You don't want, you know, someone's dirty old lunch on their desk or something. So it's kind of, it's playing with what's there, but um, still. You know. The other thing that I find interesting about uh, your work, and you tend to look for very unusual interiors. I remember you went to New York recently, mm. and you came back with a series of houses that were right. really quite extraordinary. Yeah. There was one house in particular that had these um, taxidermied yes. crows or birds flying across the living room. Yes, <laughs> For someone like me who's absolutely scared of birds, it was like Alfred Hitchcock's you know, reincarnation. <laughs> but there was something quite almost slightly goth mm. in, in the whole feel. Yeah. And that's something that's very New Zealand, that whole taxidermy, yeah. uh, quite black. Yes, yes. Is definitely. that something that you just feel is ingrained in what you look at? Well, it, you know, it, it had the project had nothing to do with New Zealand, which is really mm. interesting, you know, and it was such a fascinating house and it had so many layers and layers of... Of, um, I mean, those taxidermy in the most unusual places. Uh, Remind yes, me, yes. it was. <laughs> well, there was. I mean, they were everywhere, pretty much. I mean, there were real animals, and then there weren't such real animals. And the, um, the what were they? They were pigeons. The pigeons that were flying across the ceiling, and they were. And flying. I'm not talking one or two. There were several. There was 25 of them, and um, <laughs> they were all hanging from the ceiling on on this uh, wire that you couldn't see. So they literally looked like they were flying. They were flying out the door too. Um, and they were they were beautiful. I mean, they weren't um, <laughs> they weren't <laughs> ugly looking birds. They were 
beautiful colour and so on. Um, but they were all holding um, light bulbs in their beaks. So during the day, they just looked like they were flying across the ceiling, and at night, they lit up. Um, so it was a lighting installation. <laughs> and, when, um, when you see <laughs> interiors like that, and we look, you see, you know, fairly interesting interiors in your job. What's your first reaction? I mean, how do you react to something like that? Oh, so exciting, you know. I think maybe, I think when I first I saw some pictures of it, you know, just some snapshots before we went to photograph it, just to see whether it was right. And it was in the Hamptons, just out of New York. And um, so we sort of drove out there to to photograph it and a very unusual house for the Hamptons too, which, you know, is just obviously lined with a certain style of house. Um, and it took him a long time to build it um, mm. because he just had so much opposition to building something so um, unusual. But, um, but you know, so it was kind of a little bit, I, was, I, remember, I remember feeling a little bit, intim- not intimidated, but a bit nervous um, driving there thinking who this person was. Mm. You know, there were big jars of, of dolls' arms, jars of dolls' heads. <laughs> and <laughs> Did you but, feel kind of slightly <laughs> unsafe, Nicole? I was kind of, who is this person, you know? And who and, is he without naming names? What well, does he do for a living? He's a designer, it's, mm. and it was his own home. Um, but... That is his style, and it goes through all of the um, houses that he does. And he's one of the hottest, you know, designers in New York at the moment. So, um, and he was. Beautiful. Can we give him a name? I think we can give him a name. His name is Paul Theus, and um, and he's a beautiful, beautiful guy. And, and we had such a lovely time photographing it. We popped champagne at the end of the day, and he was a lovely, lovely person to deal with. So, um, so this was his home, and um, it was a country home actually. His, uh, and um, and there were just so many details, and I think that's why it was such an exciting house to photograph. We could have probably spent a week there discovering new things, uh, the layers and the little artistic elements, the things he'd picked up from old op shops and, you know, markets in Paris and, and so on. There was just so... It was just dripping with personality. Um, that type of interior does exist in, mm. in, in Australia. I've seen it. Really? Um, does exist, but not... <laughs> As full on, yeah. but that very lay, you know, that very layered collectible mm. uh, look. It's not common though. Mm. How would you see? I mean, look, Australian interiors are so varied, but are we a little bit too safe? I think so, maybe. But then, and what's holding us back? I don't know. Is it that we're a little bit more conservative, or we, we, yeah, we definitely like to play it safe. I think Australia has. Um, a style that is maybe more um, brighter and whiter and lighter, blonder and yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So maybe that's kind of you need a cold climate to get that slightly goth feel. Maybe, working. maybe. But then, like you say, New Zealand has embraced it, and uh, climate's kind of and and lifestyle is very similar to Australia. Um, the taxidermy definitely is a big thing in New Zealand. Um, so. Yes, maybe I think yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. it's just more conservative, or people just want something different here. They yeah. they want softer or something. Nicole, how do you tend to approach your work? Do you when you walk into a room, like just say you walk into this wonderful designer's place in the Hamptons, how do you start a project? Because mm. it it must be overwhelming mm. to know exactly what's the story here? Yeah. And you are telling a story with your images. Yeah. So how do you start the process? Do you kind of sketch things out? Do you take things down? Do you kind of Mm. remove yourself a little bit, then come back? How Mm. do you kind of work? 
So, you know, mm. I think, I mean, the luxury to be able to, you know, um, remove yourself or, or, you know, go and see a project before you photograph it so you can get an idea. and Not happening anymore. It just doesn't, you know, it's too, it's, well, yeah, it's difficult to do. And some, sometimes you don't, sometimes you don't always need to as well, I guess. Sometimes, you know, you can go there. I mean, obviously, um, you know, you walk around the entire space, um, you talk with the designer, you find out, you know, everything you need to know about the, their process and, and their inspiration and why they did things and pointing out certain aspects of the house that maybe I haven't picked up on straight away. We discuss the project. I sort of mention areas that I quite like and mm. different shots that I can instantly see. Um, so we sort of start a bit of a dialogue, I guess. Um, and then, and then it's about um, starting, starting in working with the light. I mm. think it's really important. So you know, watching where the sun's kind of moving around the house and working with that. So there tends to be. I tend to work um, room by room, um, and uh, you know, pretty much signing off mm. on each space, and then you know, working with the big shots that should kind of show the whole space and how mm. you walk through it. How, what's a typical number of shots you do for a, for mm. a, a magazine? Well, you know, to photograph uh, a day shoot normally would be around 40 shots mm -hmm. so a magazine depending on how big a feature six know, seven to, yeah up to ten, ten shots inches. maybe yeah so you cover so yeah pretty much so you know big shots true to mid shots and then some tight little details of each space yeah. and you know then you sort of covered everything because some magazines just want to show big shots and some mm. magazines just want to show little shots and you just you know <laughs> when you um look at all the images once you've taken them you've come back you're in your studio you look at your work do you often look at things differently and say, I didn't actually expect that? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think, like you just said before, too, I think, you know, I mean, it's like going and visiting a space or, you know, like you going to write about a space. I always find that the the longer you spend, you know, by if it's a, photographing a home, for example, by the end of the day, it's my home, you know, it feels like it's my home. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see things differently from when you first walked into the space. I mean, do you do you spend a lot of time in a space when you're writing about it? It's not my interview. I'm interviewing you. You're not interviewing me. <laughs> I'm actually very spontaneous. I, I see things quite quickly, and I'm very black and white, and so, as my partner says. Mm. So I'm actually, I either love something to death or loathe something to death. Yeah. And, um, and you know that straight away. I know it straight away. Mm. But I do, I love the... I love the discovery. Yeah. I think probably like you, when you walk into something like that house in the Hamptons, yeah. I would have been freaked out. But at the same time, I would have been incredibly overcome mm. and thought, oh, my God, this is extraordinary. Yeah. I haven't seen this before. And you need time to sort of take it all in yeah. as well. You sort of almost need to sit there. You need to sit in each space and in yeah. each room uh, in different angles to pick up on everything. You know? The other thing I'm very interested in, and it's an area that concerns us both, is that magazines now want exclusivity on everything, mm. and it must make it very difficult, as particularly as a photographer, to to limit yourself that way. Mm. And but that's really the calling now. That if it's been anywhere, people go, oh, I don't want to see it. Yeah. And I find that bit dis bit disappointing. Given if something's great, yeah. why shouldn't it be seen a number of times? Definitely. Well, I think well, I think most of the magazines. I mean, exclusivity is for a period of time, though, yeah. isn't it? So, um, and I guess it depends on the magazine mm. and how much you want to be featured within that magazine yeah. too. And I think it tend, the exclusivity tends to be a, more of a country thing. 
than a worldwide thing. So I think, you know, a project can be published overseas, but um, at the same time, and generally they're okay with it. Mm, getting harder. <laughs> it depends. What, what, it depends. Um, Nicole, what gives you the most pleasure about being a photographer? What, oh, what do you love most? Um, I well, I love, I love going into amazing spaces, and I love working with amazing people. Um, I love the creativity of it. Um, I love the surprise of it, um, and I also, I think, I just love um, working for myself. I think that's a really big thing too, you know, um, where, you know, you're you're making sort of quite conscious decisions on um, the type of work that you're doing, and and you know, you're sort of uh, being inspired by um, what you see and and who you work with. I think you know every day is different, and I think that's why I love it. On that note, I'd like to say thank you to Nicole for coming in today. Um, it's been thank a pleasure you. and um, wonderful to um, have known you even though it's only yes. been a short time Likewise. and um, I have collaborated a couple of times with Nicole yes. so it's been fun yeah. and I think we share a pretty similar aesthetic so um, <laughs> yes but um, it, thank you so much for coming yeah. on thank you for having me you've been with Stephen Crafty talking design and now I can say it, an award-winning program <laughs> <laughs> um, at RMIT University in Melbourne so thanks so much for listening